some of you guys know a little bit about my story, but I've just kind of gotten away from talking about that part of my journey where I left Wall Street. And, um, you know, I think there's just so many things that have happened over the years that it's really hard to, uh, it's hard to go back to one point in time and say, I, I really need to be talking about this a little bit more. But for me, one of the things that I've been intentional about trying to do lately is, um, is really just kind of honing in on that time in my life because it was such a pivotal time. It really set a trajectory shift as I was going through this mindset shift, this attitude or heart shift. As God was getting a grip on me, I was encountering Jesus through reading the Bible and just spending nights alone by myself reading Proverbs. Nobody told me to sit down and read the Bible. I just had this hunger in me. I was watching all kinds of videos searching and seeking, and I was getting into some stuff that was not biblical. And um, and then for whatever reason, I really believe it was Holy Spirit provoking me. I started getting to the Bible, and I was raised Catholic. I was in the Catholic Church growing up. Um, that was more of a, I attended rather than I was like there in it, a part of it, and it was more of an organization than it was like a lifestyle for me personally. I'm not making a statement about your faith, and people can get very defensive when they're insecure about their own faith. I understand that we all have different perspectives, and you got to hear me for what my perspective is. My perspective is I have a personal relationship with Jesus right now, and I don't believe he came to bring religion. I believe he came to bring the kingdom. He said, repent, the kingdom is at hand. That means the heaven on earth is here now. And I really believe that he is inviting us into that revelation, realization, or activation in our lives. And that's been through a series of personal encounters I've had over time through reading the Bible and with Holy Spirit in that whole process and being in community with other people and even on my own. And that's for a totally different podcast episode. You can probably listen to more about that in um, my life over the last 10 years. There was something, there was an episode like that that you can hear more. But going back to that time where I was having this perspective shift on how I, how I would do my life different. You know, it's funny, I was listening to something earlier today, and I'm going to get to this this point about, about, you know, the things I wish I knew before leaving Goldman. But I was listening to something earlier today, and it was actually in Ecclesiastes 10, Ecclesiastes in the Bible, chapter 10, verse 19. A feast is made for laughter, wine makes life merry, and money is the answer for everything. Now, that's not to say money is the answer as in it's the Savior. So it's the idea here, what I'm receiving from this when I'm reading, if I read it in a different version, a feast is made for laughter and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. To me, when it comes to problems in life, when people, and this has been my experience in life, when people experience problems, a lot of it can come back to money. A feast is made for laughter, wine makes life merry, and money is the answer for everything. Why? Well, in the Bible, it also says that the love of money is the root of all evil. So it's not so much money itself, it's our relationship with it. And what I found myself in when I was at the bank I was working at 2015, and I had a promotion opportunity, I found myself in this wrestle and conflict because it was this battle between God and money, God and money, God and money. And what I realized over time is that I actually shifted trajectory, but I didn't fully and I'll explain what this means in a second. I didn't fully 
allow God to be the, the full authority in my life. In other words, my heart was still somewhere attached to money. And that led to self-sabotaging in money decisions later. But the point is that that shift in leaving the path I was on, continuing in an investment bank versus going to the unknown and really trusting God that he'd provide and show me how to make sense in my life. You know, that shift was more about me loosening my grip on money, controlling me, than it was about me following some like clear path, purpose, destiny, jumping onto a ship I'd already built that had security and I would just find myself in a new job, transition smoothly. Like, no, this was about me letting go of money and letting go of control. And, um, and over time, what I found is that, you know, you can, you can loosen the grip, but it doesn't mean you're not holding on to it. And that has been the case for me over the course of years as I started to realize, wait, I still have a grip on money. Wait, I still see money associated. Wait a second. I still see money associated with guilt. I still feel guilty about having money. I mean, there's so many things that started to unfold and uncover over the years. And, um, and so, you know, here I am on the other side of a lot of things and in process of a lot of things. And I'm going back to the beginning of this part of my journey over the last seven years or so where I made that first step in loosening my grip on money. And you don't have to be broke to have bondage in money. But I think that there's an I think that there's something to be said around just that first step that we make when we loosen our grip on money. And so if you're listening and you're like, you know what, I, I'm feeling some some sort of conviction or sense that this is speaking to me, well, then maybe some of what I'm going to share will resonate with you a little bit more deeply. These are things I wish I knew before leaving Goldman, where I worked on Wall Street, and it was an amazing experience. And again, I, I come back to this often for people. It's like, the job is not your problem. The job is just showing you something in the mirror. And so for me, I had an incredible foundation and experience there. And at the same time, I was totally in a state of unrest. And I had, I needed somewhere to point the finger. And I thought, well, maybe it's my job. Maybe it's the path I chose. Maybe it's this person in my life. Maybe it's that thing. And and the truth is, it's not any of those things. It was the mirror being held up in front of me and me having to say, wait a second, I'm the common denominator between all these things. Whether it's a relationship that keeps running into uh, dead end cycles as I get closer and closer and closer to women, and then it just abruptly ends. Whether it's the job thing and how I you know, can find more success or more money, but I actually feel more empty. You know, whatever, whatever the thing was, it was like, oh, wait, I'm the common denominator. And so these are things I've learned throughout the course of my time over the last, you know, seven years, longer, but seven years of my life. And, you know, I could go on, but like in the last seven years, I not only left Goldman, but I had a spiritual awakening that led me to repent for most of the things I've done and allowed in my life. I navigated a years-long journey, and I'm still navigating a burnout recovery from poor lifestyle choices and overworking. Moved across the country twice, got married. That's my life's greatest accomplishment. Started a coaching business from scratch, made my first million, uh, sabotaged my first million, watched my dad pass, reconnected with biological family as I'm adopted, began navigating that healing. I mean, there's just a number of things that have happened. I'm just getting the surface of it over the last seven years. And these are things throughout that time that I wish I knew um, before leaving Goldman, maybe something I would say to my younger self. And, uh, and, and when I say this, I'm not saying like, oh, I would have skipped any of the experiences I just mentioned. Actually, quite the contrary. I, um, 
I think that there's just a lot of value in the experiences I've gone through and that God's using them. And at the same time, maybe I didn't have to uh, make certain decisions to learn what I've learned. So if this helps you and, and you don't have to face some of the consequences of decisions I've made or stuff that I've had to work through, then great. Um, and if you're working through this, hopefully it brings clarity having some language. So number one is um, freedom is found within. And the reason that I bring that up is something that I wish I knew before leaving Goldman is because my my hand was gripped so tightly on trying to control the future because I just, I had such a fear in uncertainty, which is really, honestly, just a, a lack of trust in God. And when you start to control things to the point where they start to control you, you do not have freedom. You do not have freedom. And, um, and I thought freedom came through more money. You can have, there is such thing as financial peace. There is such thing as financial flexibility, but true freedom is found within. And that's something I believe only God can bring. And, um, and, and of course there's things you can do practically in your life to help you have a little bit more flexibility, more margin, all these great things that are, that are honestly just a gift to have, but freedom, true freedom, being a person who is free from whether it's the self-criticism, whether it's the accusation, all of those things. I believe that's found in Jesus because Jesus paid the price for the consequences of sin, which is punishment. The wages are death. And he stands on the witness stand saying, hey, I actually paid the price for that, taking the punishment for you. And so you lift the weight of those accusations on your life, but it's more than just an intellectual exercise. It's actually an understanding that you gain in your heart when the gospel actually sinks in and you have transformation, transformation in your mind. And that that comes through a process of strongholds, which are houses of lies that honestly demons live in in your, in your mind. And that comes through those being torn down and being replaced with truth. And, you know, scientifically, these are like memories in your life and things that you've come into agreement with in your memories because of how you perceive things. And when those memories are brought to the prefrontal cortex of your brain, they change shape, and now you have a new memory or growth in that place where you had maybe shame or maybe you had um, some kind of like thing going on where you were blaming God for everything, and, and God brings a new perspective through Holy Spirit showing you something, and you gain freedom from that thing, that stronghold, that lie that was that was holding you up, keeping you hooked in your life. And honestly, if you're listening and that's the place you're at where you've gone through this, this will make a ton of sense to you. If it doesn't, then you're just going to be like, what in the world is TJ talking about? And that's okay too. If you have ears to hear, you'll understand exactly what I'm saying. So that's the first thing. Freedom is found within. Number two, everyone wants a free schedule until they have nothing on their calendar. This is a little bit more practical, but you got to understand this one. Like, like, I mean, we have certain desires in life and we don't understand the responsibility that comes with those desires. So for example, like people want flexibility in their day-to-day schedule, but they don't understand that flexibility requires responsibility. Like if I gave you a blank calendar and literally nothing to do, like how would you organize your life if you didn't have income coming in and maybe, you know, you, you lived where you lived and nobody was giving you a structured set of priorities, goals, tasks, responsibilities, things to accomplish, like you got to do that. And 
most people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to set goals. They don't know how to achieve goals. They don't know on a higher level their priorities. And, um, and so when you give them a calendar with nothing on it, they're going, oh, shoot. And they just sit in front of their email doing what they used to do, like hitting refresh, hoping that somebody will give them an activity so they can feel productive and keep busy. But meanwhile, like the things they really need to do are not getting the attention they need. And for me, you know, that's been the journey. I, I talk about this in the journey nobody told me. It's like I started out thinking money was the answer to everything. And then I realized, oh, wait, I got to make a difference. So maybe I need to help everybody. And then I realized what happened if I can help everybody make an impact but not help myself. That's when I need freedom. And if I'm seeking freedom, great. But if I can't be healthy, I can't sustain anything. So if I can have money, if I can have an impact, and if I can be free but I'm not healthy, then none of it really matters because I won't be living very long or at least I won't be living sustainably. So I flip the script with people and start with health as a priority and health starts with healing. And most people don't even understand like how do I navigate the healing process and that your body can actually help your soul heal and all of these interconnected things that I've just discovered on this journey. So, you know, when you think about prioritizing your day, oh my gosh, it's like, whoa, life is too big. What do I do? And, you know, I was just showing somebody yesterday, really simple, just maybe this is a practical for somebody listening where they're in that place in their life, aspiring entrepreneur, maybe early entrepreneur, or an entrepreneur is just stressed out and doesn't know how to do this. But I, I call it my top three, and I literally don't let myself have more than three things under any category. And that is my relationship with God, my relationship with others, uh, fitness, and finances. Like, it's really that simple. So when I say fitness, I'm talking about general overall health and well-being. But like, in that order, relationship with God, relationship with others, fitness and finances. And in my fitness, that's really like my relationship with myself, right? And finances, it's really practical. And if you aren't taking care of that, then uh, it's going to affect everything else. Back to that Ecclesiastes 10, 19 verse that I was mentioning. So that's number two. Everyone wants a free schedule until they have nothing on their calendar. Number three, structure and community is a massively undervalued benefit to the corporate environment. And guess what? You do pay for it. Like you get a salary and um, you are being, uh, you, you are paying whether, you know, I don't, I don't care how much money you're making. You are paying for somebody to essentially provide structure and community in your day. Like that's a real thing. And, um, and it's coming out of your paycheck somewhere or it's coming out of the time you spend somewhere. So just remember that because when you're off, when you're off on your own, and I'm speaking, I guess, more to the entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur kind of business owner in their own way, you know, I work with real estate agents or I, I work with people who are in uh, financial planning, kind of building their own business or whatever it might be. And um, small business owners, entrepreneurs, and those people, you know, I, I also work with people who are in the corporate structure environment, but the people who are not, for, for those who are not, you got to understand that like it is a massive benefit to be around community. And so if you can't physically be around community, find it in other ways, find it in other ways, find your crew. And um, by the way, you know, like your church crew, like I'm talking the organization, your church crew, like organization wise might not be the same as like your business crew, like the people who are wanting to grow their business, but can you all align in values? Well, that's ideal when you're connected to a group. You want to be aligned in values. And, and I think that's honestly where a lot of conflict comes into play. When you are a part of a corporate environment, if you're in an environment that doesn't align with your values, that should be a signal to you. But regardless, whether they are or not aligned, you do have community, you do have structure, and that is a really valuable thing. 
Number three, you can change your career, change your location, still not find what you're looking for. I mean, that's lesson learned 101 for me. I moved out of Richmond, bought a car, came back to New York, moved out of New York, moved to Richmond, Virginia, bought a car. Uh, <laughs> that car got recalled. I uh, launched a shoe product, uh, like a like a shoe, like not, I can't even call it a brand, just a product, just one shoe. I sold, sold it on Facebook. Um, I don't know, 25 pairs of shoes. I thought the prototype was coming from Italy. It actually came from China. I didn't know that until like nine weeks later after I'd already sold the shoes in advance. And, um, and then everybody got their shoes and I was like, this is embarrassing. And uh, so if you bought those shoes, I'm, I'm not sorry about it because I did offer a refunds. <laughs> I think I offered everybody a refund. If you still need one, sure. Um, I think that refund policy expired like 2015. Uh, but anyway, I was just kind of testing, trialing something that was my first stab at it, uh, after, after leaving kind of wall street. And I wanted to get into real estate and I had all these ideas. I looked into buying a laundromat. Somebody was charging 40 times what I should have paid for it. Really glad I had my friend look at those numbers and help me think about that before putting a bid on it. Um, and you know, after all of these things changing, changing career, changing location, exploring different avenues of making money, uh, buying the car, getting into an apartment, realizing this is not it for me, fasting for a few days, realizing I got to end the relationship I'm in, I got to sell the car I have, and I got to get back to New York City ASAP. <laughs> that was all within like three months. And, um, and you know, I, I just realized, wow, like this is, I can change a lot of things in my life quickly. And guess what? I still got to go to sleep with me. I still got to go to sleep with me. And you're going to realize that too on your journey if you haven't already. Uh, the next one, I don't know what number I'm on. I think it's one, two, three, four, five, maybe five. Whether or not you stay on the corporate path, it's your responsibility to sort out your true priorities. I really don't need to explain that one further. I think I've kind of elaborated on some of that already. The next one, we're all on the journey. And most of us will find there are multiple right paths for each of us individually. Something that people totally underestimate is the fact that when they're in a corporate world, for example, they've been there for 10 years, they've never done anything else out of college, and then they think that they're going to jump to the next thing, find exactly their calling, their path, and what they're made to do professionally. They're an inner creative, for example, and they've got an entrepreneurial spirit, but they're in a different role that's more structured and doesn't allow their creativity to really flow, blossom. They've got ideas to make money, but they haven't really proactively pursued it. I see this happen often, and it's like, you know, there could be multiple right paths for you outside of the corporate environment and management position that you're in, but to have the expectation that you're going to leave what you're doing and jump right into it and figure it out right away. Is it possible? Yes. Should it be the expectation? No. In other words, you've done one thing for 10 years, 12 years, like give yourself some opportunity for exploration to figure out what you're good at, what you like doing, what you don't like doing, you know, some lifestyle goals that come along with that. You know, when you're working for a corporate environment, for example, a lot of this stuff is kind of planned out for you. And so, you know, back to the one prior where it says it's your responsibility to sort out, sort out your true priorities. Look, if your true priority is like, I don't want to be stuck to a desk all day, I don't want to be responding to emails at this time, then you're going to have to understand, okay, well, I have some lifestyle goals. And in order to accomplish some of those goals, I might need to think about work around those goals rather than my goals around my work. And I might need to think about, the different paths that could work for me to achieve that. And um, there might be multiple answers. And I think the risk that we can fall into is that there's only one answer. And so I got to figure it out and I got to figure it out on the first try. And that's not true. It's not true. And it's um, 
kind of an all or nothing mentality that we got to break out of. And uh, by the way, it does help to have other people who have gone before you on the journey to help you navigate those things. I was describing it to somebody else earlier today. It's like you're climbing a building and you can do one of two things, build the ladder yourself or buy it from somebody. And so you got to say, well, you know, do I want to build the ladder myself or do I want to buy it from somebody? Um, and, and in buying from somebody, learn the principles to help me build another ladder so that I, you know, don't have to, uh, just be reliant on everybody else all the time, but also so I don't have to wait another 10 years for me to figure out all this stuff on my own. If you have a tendency to, to be self-sufficient, independent, and maybe an unhealthy way, I would say I would press into uh, that little discomfort of getting help in whatever it is that you're trying to do, trying to accomplish as you're navigating transitions in life or career, whatever it might be. Um, just something to think about. I know a lot of people are, um, that a lot of people, if you're listening, you're, you're the type of person who's done pretty well for yourself being independent, but there comes a time when that's actually detrimental, right? Um, hard to read the label from the inside of the jar. That's what I have found to be true for myself. The next one, if you look around you and don't see the person you'd like to be, if you look around you and don't see the person you'd like to be standing as a role model in your environments, then it's your responsibility to define and become that person. And when working with people in the boot camp and in other ways, um, I say in other ways, it's just when working with people, period, but the boot camp is the is kind of like the starting point for working together. Um, you know, the, one of the first and most like key things is getting clear on who you're becoming. And I've just, the biggest mistakes I've made, the biggest mistakes I've made have been when I get my eyes off of that. And, you know, that's, Somebody was saying today on a call, they were like, you know, it's the hardest thing. It's so hard to do all this unlearning. I said, well, the reason it's hard is because you're focused on the unlearning, right? What we focus on grows. And so you need to be focused on what you're actually trying to learn. And that's the person you're becoming and making decisions in alignment with that person who's healthy and free and at peace, right? Is this person version 2.0 of me going to make decisions that are going to be um, aligned with being healthy, free, and at peace? If I'm making decisions in the way I've always made decisions, well, then I'm going to end up exactly where I am. I'll be on the path that I'm on, just maybe a little few steps further. But if I want to be on a new trajectory, a new path, then I have to make decisions differently. And that means I might have to start thinking about filtering decisions in life through the person I'm becoming. Is this what TJ 2.0 would do in this situation? And by the way, Jesus gives us a model for that and the character of who he is and how we're made in his image. And it's our choice to follow that. Again, biggest mistakes in my life have happened when I haven't followed that, when I've taken my eyes off of that. So just, just remember, that's not something that's like a perfection thing. It's more of like a practice thing. Man, there's a lot of nuggets in here. I hope you guys are listening. Um, okay, the next one. Health is a foundation everyone needs, and nobody's going to prioritize it for you. Hey, so no matter what you choose to do, it's worth spending a few years sorting out what that looks like for you. Investing not just financially, in your faith, physical health, sorting out your past, defining your direction for your future, et cetera. Guys, I cannot emphasize this enough. Like a person who uh, doesn't give thought to how they got to where they are is just going to continue doing what they've always done, right? And if you're recognizing what got me to where I am isn't going to get me to where I want to be or who I want to be, then I need to make some changes. And how you do that is you evaluate the process of how you got to where you are today. So it's worth investing some time and effort and energy into all those things. The last thing, a man without a vision is a man who returns to their past. No matter where you are personally or professionally, it's your choice to grow into your God-given identity. Somebody, I sent this out to my email list, this list, and 
somebody said, um, man, I'm really, uh, I, re- I appreciate this and I'm really kind of stuck on that last one. I've been trying to focus on this. And, you know, this goes back to the person you're becoming. It's your responsibility to get clear on that person. And again, I'm just going to put it out there. We have our boot camp starting November 20th. And when people say I'm missing vision and direction, that's because they don't have an understanding of who they choose to be. They're, they're being more reactive in life than proactive. They're recognizing the pattern of people pleasing. They're recognizing that they can find success, but it's still not satisfying. And they need to make a change and they don't know where to begin, but they know that something needs to shift in their mindset and in their patterns of behaving. And those two things are connected. And so in the boot camp, one of the first things that we do is kind of break all that down and help you get some clarity through new questions and a structured process that's going to bring you some clarity. I mentioned that word already, but it's really what it is. It's going to bring you some clarity through, and here's the key word, action, being decisive. Because if you look around, for example, if you live a cluttered life, okay, if you have things that are, whether it's text messages or or emails or Uh, you know, your room or whatever it is that has like clutter in it, that is a signal of decisions not made. And when you are living in your life with indecisiveness, you know, it just piles up, piles up, piles up, and it just starts to bog you down. And so one of the best things you can do is actually start to take action, become more decisive through the vision of the person you're becoming. And that actually, you'd be surprised, brings a lot of clarity and confidence Um, to overcome whether it's conflict in a work decision, whether it's a relationship dynamic, whatever it might be, there's a number of different expressions, but it's all part of the person God's made you to be, the God-given identity you get a choice to make to come into agreement with every single day. That happens through action, okay? So action creates the clarity. Oftentimes we think it's backwards, but it's actually action that often creates the clarity. And so most people are just missing the buy-in the accountability, and even just the the practical, like what is it that I need to do first, priorities, and kind of the order of those things. And and once they get you know some of this unraveled for themselves, bring language to it, and have some accountability, you'd be surprised at kind of the momentum you can make. And um, and I say all that, just kind of leaving it on the table for you, going, hey, these are things I wish I knew. If I were talking to my younger self, maybe I am. Some of you. If I were talking to my younger self, I would say, you don't need to take this as like the gospel, but you can take it as somebody who has gone through life experiences and has learned a few things and has been on the phone with a lot of people as they've been going through things and healing, changing, growing, like not always crisis, you know, but but definitely a lot um, of what I just shared is is the gold that's left over. I'm talking from my own personal experience. It's the gold left over from the purifying fires of life. And I do believe that. I, I do believe that the fires of life, they do purify. They kill off the weeds and the other extra excess things and they leave the gold. And so that's hopefully what you get to receive. But just just being here listening. So if this is of value to you, I'd appreciate it. if you share it with somebody. Please leave a rating or a review if you appreciate the free education. Um, and by the way, boot camp coming up November 20th. I do have this smaller group that is open right now. And so if you're interested, this is vision, direction, identity, purpose, priorities, all with health as the foundation, practical activation for your life and getting things sorted, really addressing the mindset issues behind inner conflict or some of the things that you might be facing, whether it's work or relationships and um, great opportunity. So I'll leave it at that. Just message me. You can say bootcamp, whether it's on Instagram or over email. Or you can go to my website and I have a few free case studies and some um, 
and a contact form that you can message me and just say boot camp. I'll know exactly what you mean. And we can take it from there, see if it's a good fit, right timing. Thanks so much for being here, guys. I appreciate you.